1: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, June the 24th, 2022, the year of our Lord. This day, Friday, June 24, 2022, will be known in history as the day that Roe v. Wade was overturned officially by the Supreme Court of the United States. Unborn babies took a deep breath. The angels rejoiced. And God smiled. Today, on June 24th, 2022, the Supreme Court officially put out their decision on Roe v. Wade. It has been overturned. We'll talk about that at some length today. But a few other things happened in history, perhaps less significant than the decision today that is pro-life, by the highest court in the land, but on June 24, 1497, first recorded sighting of North America by a European took place, explored John Cabot spotted land. They think it probably was present-day Canada. They're not sure. Today, in 1807, a grand jury in Richmond, Virginia, indicted former Vice President Aaron Burr on charges of treason and high misdemeanor. He was later acquitted today in 1946 Fred Vinson was sworn in as the 13th Chief Justice of the United States today in 1957 the US Supreme Court in Roth versus the United States ruled six to three that obscene materials were not protected by the First Amendment 1957 today in 1992 the Supreme Court in a five to four uh, five to four decision they strengthened the 30-year ban on officially sponsored worship in public schools, prohibiting prayer as a part of graduation ceremonies. Obviously, there's much work left to be done by the faithful, by conservatives and Christians in our culture. However, the U.S. Supreme Court voted 6-3 officially today to overturn the landmark, 1973 Roe v. Wade decision. What they're doing is sending the authority to regulate and restrict abortions back to the states. The majority of the justices upheld the Mississippi's 15-week abortion limit, which was at stake in this lawsuit. That's what prompted this. In fact, the attorney general of the state of Mississippi said that she wrote this bill with the specific intent of it coming before the Supreme Court, and she felt that the way the bill was written, they would have to overturn Roe v. Wade. She was right, and they have. The uh, <laughs> There's a lot to talk about today, but I'm, I'm going to kind of wing it. I'm usually pretty scripted on this program. I mean, I have my thoughts in front of me, and then I'm also spontaneous, but today's going to be um, pretty much just from the heart and what's happening as we speak. There's going to be a lot of news out there over the weekend, you can be sure. I I would guess there's going to be a a lot of violence over the weekend as well. Violence increases in summertime anyway, just on a regular annual basis now in the cities of violence, Seattle, Portland, Baltimore, we know them all. I would suspect that there will be people who will agitate who couldn't care less about abortion, but they'll agitate the groups who do, particularly the left. Now that they're, they have been disenfranchised with the truth, and um, I would suggest there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of violence and, and a lot of you know maybe burning and fighting and I don't know. We'll see how that all plays out. But the majority of the justices upheld this six to three. Sam Alito, Justice Samuel Alito, wrote for the majority opinion, he said, "...we hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion, and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly rely." He said the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment, he said, that provision has been held to guarantee some rights that are not mentioned in the Constitution. But any such right must be deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition and implicit in the concept of ordered liberty. That is the truth. Alito was joined by Justices Amy Coney Barrett, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, Clarence Thomas, and John Roberts. This truly is a day in the year of our Lord. I am so pleased. To all of you who have stood outside those Planned Parenthood abortion mills, I I, I see you in Olympia. I drive by, every time I go to Olympia, I drive by where those, where those of you, and some of you are listening to this program, where you stand day in and day out, good weather, bad weather, you pray, and you stand for life. To all, for all of you who have done so much, so much hard work, you've been mocked, you've been spit on, you've been abused in some cases, all across this nation. And today is a day, It isn't. It is, the fight isn't over but it goes to a whole different level and a whole different perspective. The left is obsessed with killing unborn babies. That hasn't changed. But the law of the land has changed. And so I want to take a look a little bit today, and I I think I'm pretty informed on this without doing a lot of research. I've done a lot over the last number of years. I think it's safe to say that this row precedent, as they called it, made abortions legal nationwide until fetal viability, or the point at which the child is able to survive outside the womb. That's generally determined to be about 24 weeks. That's what they say. But, I mean, that's always up for, you know, a question. And it's up for, um, you know, new science and all that kind of thing. But states can now restrict abortion at any point in pregnancy. A draft version of this majority opinion was leaked, as you remember back on, I think it was May 3rd. It was leaked by someone inside the Supreme Court, either a justice or one of their staff. It was leaked to Politico. Politico put it out there, and there was a lot of rioting and so on that followed that back in May. So that's why I'm pretty sure we're going to see that, unfortunately. But I think it will happen. But it, that leaked document is pretty much what they released this morning as the official ruling on this. Following the release of the draft decision, pro-life organizations, crisis pregnancy centers were attacked by pro-abortion activists. Some of the buildings were firebombed with Molotov cocktails. Pro-abortion protesters also picketed outside the homes of Supreme Court justices and And as you will recall, uh, recall just a while back, uh, uh, it'd be about a couple of weeks ago now, uh, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh was, a guy was headed for his house to assassinate him. He had guns. He's admitted that was his plan. He had a gun. He had a knife. He had all kinds of paraphernalia to kill the justice, Brett Kavanaugh. It's interesting the response and then I'll come back to the positive side of it but the response of the losers on this issue and they are losers they want they want to kill unwanted un- unborn babies and they lost the fight Justice Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan and Stephen Breyer who retires as they as soon as this session is closed for the year the Supreme Court but they authored a joint dissent condemning this decision, the three of them, they said that it enables states now to enact draconian restrictions on women. Perhaps in the wake of today's decision, the state law will criminalize women's conduct, incarcerating or fining her for daring to seek or obtain an abortion, they wrote, the three of them. They said as Texas has recently shown a state can turn neighbor against neighbor, enlisting fellow citizens in the effort to root out anyone who tries to get an abortion or to assist another in doing so. I mentioned yesterday there was a meeting that took place in Seattle uh, on Wednesday of this week in anticipation of this announcement that came out this morning. And I mentioned this yesterday. I don't want to be repetitive because we keep moving on this program, but um, it was state attorney general, Bob Ferguson. um, And he had this committee there. It's called the Seattle city club civic cocktail series. And um, anyway, I, I think I said this yesterday. I don't know if they were inebriated or not when they were talking about this, but drunk or sober, this is what they said. Um, they said that uh, or the, the, uh, the uh, attorney general said that uh, the Guttmacher Institute uh, says that they will see a, that Washington state will see a 385 percent increase in patients from states that outlaw abortion. In other words, there's going to be a great shift now. And we're going to get to that in a moment, because what this is going to do this doesn't end abortion but it ends abortion, abortion on a man legalized by the United States of America's government. The right to abortion access has stood for nearly 50 years. The panel, panel said Wednesday, they said they were very concerned that reversing it will create considerable fallout, as I've been talking about. I, I, I agree with them. We're really concerned, they said, as Senator uh, Dingra said, Abortion has stoked intense passions, so on. We're going to see more of that, they said. I agree. Bob Ferguson, the attorney general, said, I also feel confident that in Washington, we will be able to protect Washingtonians and providers and women who come to our state. There's going to be now an influx into states that are hardcore abortionists, like Washington State and Oregon and so on. I'll tell you specifically, Uh, some of the states uh, where our listeners are uh, in a few moments, what what this means specifically to that state. We'll come back to that. But Ferguson said Roe v. Wade, as disastrous as it would be overturning it, is also the first step on eroding other constitutional rights. When they use that phrase, and you're going to hear that over the weekend just incessantly, you're going to hear that now all of the other rights that we have, we, the left, have, are now vulnerable to being overturned. The main thing they're talking about there, there's a number of them on a list, but the main thing they're talking about there is same-sex marriage. They are afraid that same-sex marriage is as weak and as volatile, as far as a law is concerned, as Roe v. Wade was. And it is. There is nothing in the Constitution that gives homosexuals the right to be quote-unquote married. It isn't there. It has never been there. It's something Obama and Biden basically pushed through by not protecting marriage as it has always been. Settled law, settled norm, and moray in our society. So, yeah, I think they're right. I think same-sex marriage is becoming more and more vulnerable all the time because it's not only unnatural and immoral, according to the Bible, but it's not constitutional. And they found in there, during this run of the last few years where they've had control, they found in the Constitution some hidden, mysterious um, word somewhere that says that uh, people of the same sex have a right to be married. That undermines the institution of marriage, and I think a strong case can be made on that. So you're going to be hearing that over the weekend, that our rights are are collapsing, that all the rights are going down, and so on. So what's going to happen now that Roe v. Wade is gone? Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. and I've been doing some research on that recently and have a few notes to follow, but let me just speak from memory now that Roe v. Wade is gone, let's say an unborn baby in Alaska could can still be aborted up to the moment of birth. But in say, um, well, Tennessee, they're they're very strict. But Texas could be. But in Tennessee, the life of an unborn child will be protected from the moment of conception in almost all circumstances. Those are the two extremes. So how could two states in the United States treat their unborn children so differently? Well, the moral or the philosophical answer is challenging. I mean, it's complicated. But the legal answer is really simple. It's called federalism. And our founders were pretty big into federalism, most of them. Over the 230 years, the framers of the Constitution established in the 10th Amendment that, quote, Powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively, or to the people. That's what the Tenth Amendment is about. The Supreme Court has now overturned Roe v. Wade that made abortion on demand legal in all 50 states. The High Court says that the Constitution doesn't provide a right to abortion. Now, the left is going to be, again, telling you, not only that, you know, gay marriage is going to be attacked now by the right and so on, but they're going to be telling you that abortion has been eliminated. And that isn't true. I wish it were true. I pray for that someday. Truly, I do. I don't think any person has a right to kill another person because they don't want that person to live. I don't think that, I mean, I'm a simple man. I don't think that's, in any way, any way, can be construed as to be okay or acceptable by a government or by an individual. And may God speak to the hearts of those pastors that are silent on abortion because they're afraid to speak out, much less those who do speak out in favor of it, sort of. That's horrible. A high court says, The Constitution doesn't provide a right to abortion, and it doesn't. It never has. Even Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was a champion of the left, she was certainly an abortion activist, but she said publicly a couple of times that she was very concerned about Roe v. Wade. She said it is a horrible piece of legislation, and she said it's very, very vulnerable because it is such poor legislation. It's poorly written she said so she didn't want it to be overturned but she knew it would be because it is just a piece of junk as far as legislation goes states across the nation are going to vary on how they will treat the unborn now that this has been overturned there's a few states who would allow for abortion up to the moment of a of birth there are pro-abortion states that won't permit abortion once an unborn child is viable. That's kind of a moving target, as I said. But the baby can only has to survive outside the, the womb. As I said, they generally say it's like about 24 weeks gestation, but that changes a lot depending on who you're listening to. But here's what's going to happen now that this is as taken place and the Roe v. Wade has been overturned because the regulation of abortion is going to revert to the states citizens have got to stay tuned in don't allow Satan to mislead and the and or the, the left to mislead you to think that wow abortion is finally over no it's not the national legalization of abortion on demand is over. It now reverts to the states. People that were, that were just wide-eyed and enraged and obsessed with protecting abortion will continue. There is evil in the world, and it will continue. But now it will be on the state level. And if anything, it's going to be far more important that we get involved in our state, in our communities. Our founders foresaw such things as this, not perhaps, not abortion, but whatever. And they felt the closer to home the important issues are, the better it is for the health of our nation. And I agree with that. So that's where we are now. I uh, I looked quickly this morning to see what some of the states, what just kind of the bottom line, what this means to some of the states. We have a pretty good amount of listeners in Arizona to this program, and I hear from you. So how this affects Arizona is what I have found. Arizona has a law in place that would ban nearly all abortions. Courts found the law unconstitutional, but it likely will take effect now that Roe is overturned. Arizona has passed legislation to ban abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. That will now take effect as well. Those who violate the abortion ban, according to Arizona law, could face two to five years in prison. Violating the 15-week abortion ban will be a Class 6 felony. Arizona, however, does allow for abortions to save the life of the mother. That's where that state is today. In Idaho, abortion will be legal and would be legal in Idaho only to save the life of the mother or in cases where the child was conceived in rape or incest. Violating Idaho's pro-life trigger law, would be punishable by two to five years in prison and suspension of a physician's medical license. In Oregon, abortion would remain legal now that this is overturned. Oregon doesn't place any restrictions on the procedure, not surprisingly. Washington State, most abortions will remain legal according to state law. Abortion is illegal in Washington after a baby is considered viable. But here's the problem with the Washington state law. And of course, Bob Ferguson, the the AG, he knows this. But the law allows a physician to determine when an unborn child likely is able to survive outside the womb. That's the problem in Washington state. The abortionist makes the decision as to whether the child is viable. And that's done in a moment in a clinic with the door closed. That's the problem. You can fill in the blanks, but that's the problem. So that's kind of where we are on those issues today. So some things in the States are going to change, some are not, but there's going to be a a division. Oh, also in Washington State, a physician may perform an abortion post-viability to save the life or protect the health of the mother And it's a class C felony to violate the ban on abortion after viability. Those things may be changing because there's a pro-abortion majority, unfortunately. Um, They've got the stranglehold on the state legislature, as you know, and the state Supreme Court. But those are some of the things that we can look forward to dealing with as we go forward on this issue. But I'll tell you, this is a momentous day. It will be historically one of the most remembered days in the history of the United States. Not because, not because it should have even happened. We should have never allowed ourselves as a nation to get to a point where we embraced or allowed our, our courts to embrace. We, we should have done what we could do in in the process of our political process, our democracy. We should have done what we could do, but we didn't. And perhaps we tried and we just weren't able. But this evolved. And 60 plus million of our children have been thrown in a waste can. I mean, honestly. And that's jarring to our sensitivities. We don't want to hear that. And the left has thrived on that issue alone. They know that it's abrasive to hear about abortion, and people say, "You know, what? man, I don't want to hear about that. I, oh, man, I don't. I'm, I oppose it, but I don't want to hear about." It. But finally, someone has turned on the light, and the light is shining. And there's a lot that's going to come out as a result of this. Let me just recap just a little bit what we've talked about here. We've talked about the fact there's going to be violence. The left is not going to accept due process; they only accept it. When it falls their their way, if they oppose it, then they start destroying things. We've seen that. And so that's probably going to happen. And I I wish it wouldn't, but it probably will. We're also going to see states now, there's going to be more internal pressure toward um, toward the state legislatures. And it's even more important now than it's ever been that you vote in your local and state elections. It's more important than it's ever been on one single issue, if not not the others, and all of them are important, but the issue of life. It's now going to come down to your area, to your state, to your county, to your community. And that's where it should be, in my opinion. So it's going to become more important now that Christians become active, if you haven't been, and get involved and push for legislation, and elect people that you know will stand for godly, righteous principles. And there's no greater righteous principle than life itself. God is the giver, the creator of life. Jesus himself said, I have come that you might have life, and that you might have it abundantly. And of course, he's talking about eternal life, but life now. This is a huge deal, but basically now the work begins. I want to leave you with this today. Some verses from Psalm 89, 1, 2, verse 33 and 34. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy will be built upon forever. The faithfulness shalt thou establish in the very heavens. Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. The Lord is faithful, the Lord is good, and God is in control of all things. This is our time. This is a time when some morality has been restored and it's given us the opportunity, as I said, to become involved in our own local politics and our own local process on behalf of life and godliness, freedom of religion, the freedom to speak the truth and speak God's word publicly, all of that now is on the table. And they know it. And there will be a violent response. But let's see what happens. I believe God is doing something very good, very positive in our nation. Thank you for your support. We need it to be on every day and talk about the things that are happening in the culture and in our country and in our cities and communities. And uh, I'm happy to do it, but I can't do it without you. We need your help. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday.